everybody it is november 24th in the year 2020 i'm dave rubin this is the rubin report direct message there's a lot going on as there seems to be these days before i do anything else though i have to uh, i have to have a bit of a mea culpa i have to issue an apology because uh something happened yesterday and i feel that if i don't acknowledge it now, it will just spin and, and get worse and worse and worse. And one day could potentially destroy me a scandal and the whole thing. So here it is. Um, last night at about 10, 15, um, I took my dog Clive out for a walk. Um, I know we're not supposed to, I know we're supposed to remain in our homes trapped like rats from 10 PM to 5 a.m. as per the orders from Commander Newsom. Um, but Clyde was looking at me. We were we were sitting on the couch and Clyde was glancing at me and I, I was watching Seinfeld. It was the Soup Nazi episode actually. Um, and there's so much talk about Nazis now. And he's looking at me and it was just obvious that just letting him out to pee wasn't enough. He, he really needed some exercise. And he's, he's about a year and a half and he's a boxer and part pit and there's a lot of energy there. And I thought, I'm not gonna just let him in the backyard. I'm gonna take him out for a walk. So at about 10.15 last night, I, Dave Rubin of Los Angeles, California, took my dog out for a walk. So look, let the chips fall where they may. It's like, are the stormtroopers gonna be banging at the door while we're doing this live stream? Maybe, and will I have done it to myself? I, I suppose. Um, so if, if that's what happens and they throw me in the gulag, I just wanna say it's been a pleasure getting to know you guys. I, I hope that I've provided a little sanity in the storm and um, somebody come to my house and, and take Clyde and just walk him earlier in the day. Okay, uh, all right. Now that we've got that out of the way, and again, if the stormtroopers come, we'll, we'll just pause the live stream and I'll just, I'll just walk out. Uh, okay, a uh, bunch of stuff I wanna talk about today. Lockdowns are expanding all over the place. I'm actually only gonna focus on LA for just a little bit because there's some really crazy stuff happening in New Mexico, where they're actually shutting down grocery stores and Walmarts and all sorts of stuff. It's like, okay, we're gonna lock people in their houses and also make sure they don't have access to essential goods. That really makes a lot of sense. So that's the first story we're covering today. Number two, you all know about the big Gavin Newsom dinner up at French Laundry, one of the most expensive restaurants in the entire United States. Well, originally when the story leaked, they said it was 12 people, it was outdoors, there were social distancing masks, blah, 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 it all turns out to be nonsense. Uh, there is a reporter, and we'll get into it, says 22 people were there, no masks, no social distancing, and get this, guys, get this. You know how much the alcohol bill was, the bar bill, the booze bill? $15,000. That is about $750 a person in alcohol, wine, booze. I'm a wine guy, I like good wine, and I don't begrudge people that work hard for a living spending their money as such. Um, but Newsom, we're gonna have to discuss a little bit about you in just a moment. Uh, and then finally, you know, as we're seeing sort of the mainstream media kind of recalibrate right now, like they really feel like the Biden thing is here and they're very excited to get on their knees and, and fillet him endlessly and the empire. Um, I, I found this thread by a journalist a guy by the name of Jake Sherman, who's an NBC journalist and a political journalist. And 
I'm just going to read the whole thing to you because you need to see a perfect example of how these people are not journalists, but they're activists. And I didn't even need to use air quotes around activists. Uh, but before we get to any of that, guys, I want to talk to you about Second Thoughts. I've got it right here in my hand. Second Thoughts is this year's new favorite party game that's sure to be the hit of your next game night. At some point, the election results will be official. I don't know when, but it'll be more necessary than ever to connect with family and friends over some lighthearted fun. David and I always host Thanksgiving. We're doing it again this year, as you guys know, and we're looking forward to playing some Second Thoughts after a delicious turkey dinner. We got a record-breaking huge turkey. The play of the game calls for each team to quickly create a list of words for their opponents to decipher, leading to hilarious bepuzzlement and laughter. Simply put, guys, it's a classic word guessing game with a unique twist that allows players to personalize the content with their voluminous sense of word smithery or just their witty and warped imaginations. Each round of second thoughts is a hilarious high-speed attempt to stump the other team. Both teams create a list of five things using the letters revealed from the colored dice. Be witty and wise, but don't take too long because time is not on your side. The amount of time it takes your team to create the list is exactly how much time your opponents get to guess them. This game gets really fun after a glass or two or three of whiskey or wine. Good for Gavin Newsom. Second thoughts, the quick thinking versus fast talking party game. And for the month of November, guys, the game will be on sale at a special price. So be sure to get yours today at secondthoughtsthegame.com. That's secondthoughtsthegame.com or at your local Target store. And now back to me. Okay, let's let's talk about lockdowns. I'm gonna get us out of California. You know, I focus a lot on California here because we are the, the most psychotic state. I think there's a study that proved that. Uh, New York's close, but uh, California's up there. It's oddly, I've only lived in New York and California, and yet here I am. So I don't know what that says about me. I should probably see a therapist. Uh, but let's talk about New Mexico, uh, because New, New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Gisham is now shutting down groceries for two weeks after a spike in COVID-19 cases. So let's get the quote from the Washington Examiner. Quote, a dozen grocery stores around the state have been forced to close for two weeks because of a public health order issued by Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham at a time when the state's residents are suffering from record high unemployment and food insecurity critics say. Uh, now, they've also closed a couple Walmarts. They've got people standing in lines all over the place. You can feel this kind of all over the country right now, suddenly like toilet paper and uh, paper towels are suddenly in short order and the, and the, you know, the stock is low and all that kind of stuff. Um, so look, I, I'll do this at the broad level. I think you know my feelings about lockdowns at this point. There, there is no evidence that lockdowns work. There's no evidence that keeping people trapped in their homes work. Um, we know actually that it's increasing suicide and it's increasing depression and it's increasing alcoholism and all sorts of other bad behaviors. And we know that people are actually gaining weight. They're not going to the gym as much. They're, they're not acting as healthy. There's all sorts of mental health stuff. We know all this stuff. Um, but now we've shifted this to not just closing malls and closing... Um, you know, just the, the shoe store and restaurants were actually closing grocery stores. Now, this is a dozen, roughly a dozen stores in New Mexico, and there may be a little more to the story. There may be a little more to the story. But this shit doesn't fly anymore, and we the people better start realizing what's going on here. What right does your governor or your mayor have to tell you you cannot provide for your family? In essence, that's what they're saying. And by the way, you know what two days from now is? Two days from now is Thanksgiving, the holiday where we in America 
give thanks for the freedoms we have, for the incredible 250 year history of joy and freedom and, and goodness and richness that we have that is the jealousy the world over. And as we roll into Thanksgiving, we are under the most extraordinary authoritarian lockdowns basically in the history of America. This is, this is prohibition on steroids. This is, this is, it's just extraordinary. And speaking of prohibition, by the way, we're not even covering this story today, but the dingbat governor of Pennsylvania has decided that uh, starting tomorrow at I think 5 p.m. there'll be no alcohol sales. For, for Thanksgiving, like none of this makes sense. There's no science that says that you can't have alcohol on Thanksgiving during a pandemic or that you can't buy it just the day before. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of people buying alcohol today. Like none of it makes sense and we're pretending it all makes sense. But this idea of the grocery stores and shutting down you know, a place like Walmart, like these are places where people get essentials. They get, they get diapers, you don't just get food at a grocery store, right? There's other essentials. You might get some medicine there. You might get Band-Aids, all sorts of stuff. And we are just letting these people do these things. And I don't know what it's gonna take for the average person to wake up. But as I said yesterday, my hope is that we're just gonna start seeing lots of little tea parties popping up all over the United States. It may not be organized. What I mean by that is the spirit the spirit of the tea parties, that individual people and their local families and groups will start banding together and say no more of this, no more of this. We covered two stories yesterday about how people are doing that. We saw the, the people up in uh, Buffalo who were kicking the, the regulators out of their establishment because they had no right to be there. That was great. And then we saw the woman yelling at, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, Jersey Governor Murphy. And it's like, I don't like people yelling at each other in public places. I think it's a little bit different with, uh, with public figures rather than, than private citizens. Uh, anyway, none of this is going away, but let's, let's shift this uh, to story number two for a moment because the Gavin Newsom, the, the famous dinner at French Laundry, the $1,000 a plate dinner, well, the story gets even better. So this is from Adam Housley, who is a Fox News correspondent. Uh, he uncovered that there were a couple things there. First off, Newsom lied because there were 22 people at the dinner, not 12 people. Now, this is at the same time where he's telling you that you, peon, shouldn't have more than 10 people over and you have to do this stuff outside. Of course, they were indoors and you can see the picture with the gorgeous chandelier and the fancy carpet and the mirrors and the whole thing, not indoors. Uh, he also said, Adam Housley, that there was no social distancing, surprise, surprise and that there were, they weren't using masks, no surprise there. Uh, but the real kicker, the real kicker of this story is not that French laundry is super expensive and not that people go to expensive restaurants. I've been to some expensive restaurants in my day and if that's how you choose to spend your money, that's fantastic and that's on you, that's wonderful. I, I'm a big food guy. You guys follow me on, on social media, you see I'm always posting pictures of steaks and all, all sorts of fun stuff. That, that's just great and I love good wine. Two, I'm not besmirching the good people of Napa and Sonoma and Yauntville, I'm really not. Um, but Gavin Newsom at this dinner, where there were 22 people indoors, not 12 people, not outdoors, their bar bill, that's the bill for the booze, that's the wine bill, people, it was $15,000 for 22 people. Now, I'm not a math magician here, but that's about 750 bucks per person in booze. Now that's, that's some seriously expensive wine. And again, I don't begrudge them that. I believe in capitalism. I believe you're allowed to spend your hard earned money however you wish. 
But the irony of this wannabe little dictator telling us, stay at home, don't celebrate Thanksgiving, we're locking you down, we're shutting your restaurants and your businesses and all of those things. And what do we do while we're doing it? We spend $15,000 on expensive wine at the exact same time. So, you know, I, I wrote out a line here for Gavin Newsom and I, I have my fancy glasses because I wanna, I wanna get this just right. So Gavin, I wrote it out here so that I can get it just right, but I do wanna speak directly to you. Gavin Newsom, go fuck yourself. That was good, that was good. That felt right to me, that felt right to me. You know, I try not to drop the F-bomb that often. You know, I'm not, I'm not like that Shapiro guy. He's afraid of saying it, he won't say it publicly. But I felt that that, you know, try it again. Gavin Newsom, go fuck yourself. It's better than CNN over here, people, I'm telling you. All right, uh, let's talk about the third story. Let, let's just move on for a second. Oh, no, sorry, I wanna, I wanna jump back for just a little, little bonus on this story because these lockdowns are happening all over the place. Uh, this is a, a, a video, I saw this on Twitter. It was catching fire, but of course you're not gonna see it on CNN. Of course you're not gonna see it anywhere mainstream. Oh, I think you'll see why you should see it there. Uh, this is from a Twitter user called at the right Melissa on Twitter, who I noticed she actually does she does follow me and uh, I believe, and we tried to find some more info on this, but I believe this is from California. And as you know, we've got this 10 o'clock curfew here now. And this video is from two days ago. Let's take a look. Not you guys. Huh. ACLU is fine. Get off the street. Go home. Go home or you're getting arrested. You're under arrest. Curfew. I mean, if you don't think that that is chilling, if you don't think that that is disturbing, if you don't think that that is evil, then I don't know what to say to you. Now, there might be some more context. We're trying to find out a little bit more, but the line there, go as the, as the officer is charging this man who's standing there in his bathrobe, uh, apparently a little bit after 10 p.m., go home or you're getting arrested, dot, 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 as the guy says, well, what, what's going on, curfew. Did that seem like a, a responsible or sensible response to somebody be standing outside of their home after 10 p.m. in a free society? Did, did that seem right to you? Uh, but yet we not only allow this to happen, mainstream won't even show that. Now, the irony, of course, is that I thought we have a problem with police brutality in this country. Don't we have a problem with these evil police officers who are murdering innocent people all over the place and abusing their power and authority? Isn't that, isn't that a thing? Uh, well, I guess not in this case, because the guy happened to be white and he was breaking the 10 p.m. curfew, which the powers at B really love. So they won't even they won't even show you this clip. So 
Obviously, there may be a little more context there, but I think you have enough to know that there's a guy just standing there. And also the way that the, the officer sort of points to the, to the cameraman and says, oh, you're okay, and oh, and the ACL, you guys are okay to break curfew, but this guy's not okay to break curfew. Like, how do they decide who's allowed to break curfew or not? And if this pandemic was so serious, if, if the virus was spreading all over the place and just killing swaths of people and not the, didn't have the 99% recovery rate that it has, plus the, the vaccines that are on the way, uh, well, then wouldn't you want everybody inside? You wouldn't want the cameraman or the ACLU or anyone else. Oh, and by the way, watch the video again. The assaulting officer who's committing the assault right there, he's not wearing a mask. Not wearing a mask, no mask. That, no, no mask, no mask. Oh, anyway, guys, I, I mentioned this again. I'm not trying to outrage you with these things. What I'm trying to do is just wake you up to some of the nonsense that mainstream media just won't cover. Um, so you should find that video for yourself. Watch, check the thread, see what people are saying, find out more for yourself. But like, just this is the broader point. The broader point is if mainstream, as I say, with so many of the things about the election, so many of the things that are just going on that we all know because of the internet, for now at least, because I think the social media bannings are coming soon. Um, we know all these things and the media chooses to ignore them. And then that creates that schism, that schism that leads us to the, to the reality war that I'm always talking about. All right, speaking of reality war, journalists, as I always say, have destroyed journalism. What I mean by this is over the last four years, we have basically seen that most people who consider themselves journalists are not in fact journalists. They're, they're Democrat operatives. That, that is just very, very obvious. And you can see it for four years, people that were screaming about orange man bad and Hitler is coming and all of these things. You can suddenly see how much nicer they're being because they think they have their guy in the, in the Oval Office coming, their incoming administration and Biden, it's gonna be Democrats again and Democrats are good and Republicans are bad. And this is why I kept saying the biggest the biggest thing that Trump did was show Republicans how to fight back. And if Trump, in fact, does lose now, um, I, I don't know what that means for the future of the Republican Party. By the way, I still don't think the election's fully over. I still think there's some more surprises. Like, this is 2020, people. If, if you don't think that it's got a couple surprises left, I, I don't know what to tell you, because this year is the year of the surprise, right? Uh, but I found this Twitter thread this morning that so perfectly encapsulated what is wrong with modern journalism that it is this activist, and, and as Candace Owens says, they're not, they're not, she doesn't call them activists, she calls them hitmen. But in essence, what they are, they're very thinly guised journalists who really are just providing activism and pushing their own narrative constantly. So this is a, a Twitter thread by this guy, Jake Sherman. Now his name's come up in my Twitter thread every now and again, I don't follow him, but he is a journalist from NBC and Politico and I wanna pull up this whole thread that he had this morning because it's just so perfect and such a perfect example of what I'm talking about, about how they cheerlead their guys and they try to destroy the other guys. So Jake Sherman, he wrote Playbook, the biggest shift, and he, oh, by the way, note as I read this, that this guy writes as if he's writing the preamble to Star Wars with selective capitals. You know, you have to selectively capitalize certain words, the first order, it's coming back. Uh, the biggest shift in Washington in January won't only be that Democrats are taking the White House, it will be that the Biden administration will be, as Brendan Buck points out, delightfully boring. Now that doesn't really strike me as a statement of journalism, it's a, it's a editorial right there. Harris Political calls it Joe Biden's team of careerists. Now he then lists out 
a bunch of people that, that Biden is potentially bringing into the administration, okay. This is an admin filled with people who have deep experience in government and in the agencies they will be running. The Post puts it this way. By design, they seem meant to protect a dutiful competence as Biden creates a government overseen by those who have run it before. Sounds like a PR piece so far. They believe in a linear, plotting, purposeful, and standard policy process, impulsive policymaking, and widespread leaks from competing factions in the administration are probably over. Expect interviews with Joe Biden to be a big deal, meaning they won't happen that often, which gives them an extra oomph. We'll complain and they won't care. His interview with Lester Holt on NBC will air tonight. I think that one's particularly interesting because he's basically carrying water knowing Biden can't really do interviews because there's something wrong with him cognitively and we all know it. So he's basically, they're already leading us. Joe won't even have to be seen that much because his team is gonna be so competent that actually once a month when they let him out from the basement and they hop him up on Adderall or whatever they're doing with him, then, then we'll let him speak. Uh, but two more here, and then I think you'll really see the point. We can't imagine he'll pop into the briefing room with regularity or tweet his emotions, thoughts, or decision-making processes. Statements of administration policy, SAPs, statements of administration policy, will again be a big deal because it will be how you know what the administration is thinking on legislation. So hes they're already telling you the guy won't pop out for... Uh, for talks. He's not going to take questions. They're telling you, we're going to do his job. We're going to carry water for him. He's our guy. And then finally, this was the best part. You probably won't get conflicting signals from the White House about whether the president will sign a bill. If he works on it and is part of the agreement, he probably won't veto it at the last minute. Sorry, that wasn't the last part there. Uh, oh, you know, I don't have it here. Can you pull up that last part of it? I'll, I'll grab it here. I think I lost a sheet of paper because it's just so perfect, people. Bear with me for one second. I'm working hard over here today. The last part of the thread says this. I almost got it here one second. Sorry, guys. Um, okay. It is unlikely to be an administration that has aides rushing to get on TV to praise the president. In fact, you will rarely see many of, the, many of these cabinet officials. So now they're saying we're not only going to hide Biden and not ask to see him, but we're also going to hide the officials. Do you see how twisted this is? How freaking twisted this is? But here, here was the, the end of it. This is just so perfect. This is just so perfect. If you have a barf bag, do any of you have barf bags? If any of you have been flying lately, you know, they leave a barf bag in the seat pocket in front of you, you may wanna grab the barf bag because this is barf bag worthy. In other words, if the Trump White House was like downing a vat of Tabasco sauce over the past four years, the Biden White House will be like sipping unflavored almond milk. This man, Jake Sherman, is pretending to be a journalist. He is a democratic operative who's setting the stage so that they'll never have to ask the president questions. They'll never have to ask his administration questions. Trump, remember that? That was like drinking Tabasco sauce because we had to work and we don't like orange man. But now we will sip almond milk. Well, who, first off, who sips almond milk? I put a little almond milk in my coffee sometimes, but who's sipping almond milk? But all of that aside, do you see what this is? Do you see why I wanted to, to read this Twitter thread to you? It's not to make it about this one guy because every day, there are a plethora, an unending splurge of these types of Twitter threads and stories from journalists. But I think the biggest story of 2021 going forward will be if 
if Joe Biden is to be president. And I'm still putting the if there, and we still got to see what uh, Sidney Powell's got. We still got to see what Trump's team's got with, with Giuliani and Jen Ellis and everything else. The election is not certified. And I still think surprises are coming, as I just said. But I think really the biggest story of 2021 will be how quickly the media will just go back to being subservient pets and lapdogs to the Democrats. And then what will be even more dangerous than that, and mark my words on this, guys, is that if Biden is president January 20th, that slowly after that, we are going to see mass social media bannings, because what they're going to do is they're going to want to continue lockdowns. And they will start making it seem that if you are not pro-lockdown or if you are tweeting anti-lockdown stuff or doing videos that are anti-lockdown, they will make it seem like you are now a threat to public health. And then the policies of the social media companies will be to ban new people. That it's, it's all coming. Like, it's all coming. I don't think this is paranoia or anything else. The best chance we have of stopping it is talking about it now. So that's exactly why I'm doing it. But by the way, uh, if, if you're worried about the bannings and you want to stay in touch with me, uh, we did, I did start a tech company in the midst of all of this. I don't, I don't just talk about these things. I actually do things. And we started Locals because of this. And you can go to rubenreport.com, which is powered by Locals, and directly communicate with me. That's where I actually respond to people because uh, obviously it's impossible to do on, on the other things that are just overloaded with bots and trolls and haters and blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, be sure to check out part one of my interview with Nicole Arbor, which went up yesterday. People are absolutely loving her. You're not gonna believe this. She's a comedian who's absolutely funny. She's actually funny. It's, 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 you thought it was dead, but it's back. Nicole Arbor is a funny comedian. I'm gonna try to get on tour with her when this nonsense ends at some point. Um, they, we will be live streaming tomorrow, guys, tomorrow, Wednesday, and then we're shutting it down for Thanksgiving, and on Friday I want my guys to have off, and, and I wanna take off, and and enjoy some food and some family and friends. And, and I hope you guys uh, will not be uh, online too much on Thursday and Friday, and even into the weekend. Like, let's escape some of the madness and, uh, you know, be around food, food, family, and friends. Those are three of the best four Fs. <laughs> see what I did there? All right, guys, see you tomorrow.